Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Disciples Quest. I'm Justin. I'm Will. And I'm Emily. And we are excited to bring you guys a brand new topic uh, for this week and for probably the following, who knows, maybe 10 parts. We'll see how long it takes us to get through it. But today we are going to be starting the series on Philippians. We're very excited to get this going. I know uh, it's also written by Paul, uh, so I'm excited to hear what he had to say. And yeah, before we get started, uh, Will, how was your week? My week was pretty good. I mean, I actually have to think for a second to remember what I did this week. Uh, Work and wedding planning, I guess. Excuse me. And I finished, uh, had to finish up sorting things out in my apartment and, and yeah, that's about it. I mean, overall, I think I would say that in the words of Pastor Tim last week, it was a pretty stellar week. What about you, Emily? My week was good. Also focusing on wedding planning. Oh yeah. We got to hang out with, uh, with my family this week and we also got to go to Costco with your mom. Yeah, that was cool. We had some good times. And I've been working on support raising, basically like the basics of the I've been doing for the last couple of weeks. So basically the basics, yeah. basically the basics. But also but, good old Costco. Uh, I do enjoy that one of the highlights of your week was going to Costco. Well, he hadn't been with us before. Well, he's been to Costco, well, but I, not with me I and had, my mom. Haven't not really hung time. out with her side of the family very much. So I mean, it seems like something small, but makes sense. It was fun. We had ice cream after. Ooh, they have some good ice cream there. They do. You can get chocolate sundaes. Their cafeteria is underrated. Chocolate ice cream as the sundae base with like caramel on top. Perfection. The only reason why I really like that place is because everything's so cheap. Yeah. That makes sense. We are sponsored by Costco. You're buying in bulk. So that's probably (laughs) why they get a deal. Yeah. Yeah, Like even their cafeteria is cheap. So Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, how so about Justin, your week, how Justin? Was your week? Hey, Justin, how was your week? <laughs> Justin? Yeah, hey. Justin. Yeah, Justin. Your week, Justin. How Tell was us. it? Tell us. Are you done? <laughs> okay. Yes. So, Justin, how was your week? What is it that you're asking me, guys? How my week was? Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Uh, well, this week I had COVID-19 oh, again. for the second time. I had it last May. Now I had it again, and uh, weirdly I got hit worse this time. It felt uh, like I mean I guess the symptoms weren't that bad. It's just uh, annoying because you can't really work. Uh, so I had kind of you know congestion and really sore throat and coughing a lot, uh, fever, headache, nausea, uh, loss of smell and taste. Um, but now all I have is just a bit of congestion and a sore throat. So I'm doing a lot better. Uh, so yeah, that kind of took up my time this week, but it was cool cause I haven't watched TV shows in a long time. So I got to watch uh, a couple cool shows, Gotham, Stranger Things. Uh, they're pretty good. Not going to lie. But other than that, it was very boring. So I'm glad to get back to work now. Glad that I feel a lot better. So thank you to everyone who was praying and yeah, yay! let's get into Philippians. Also today we're recording on clean feed. Yeah, because Justin has COVID, so... Yeah. Yeah, just to let you guys know, we're not seeing each other. I could still technically give them COVID, and I don't want them to miss work, so... Aw, Justin. I like how you care about us. No problem. 
who wants to talk about Philippians first? I'll give it a bit of an introduction. So uh, for the book of Philippians, Paul wrote Philippians uh, anywhere between uh, 60 and 62 AD while he was imprisoned in Rome. Uh, Philippi was the first place in Europe where Paul formally preached the gospel and established a branch of the church. One of Paul's purposes in writing this letter, uh, it was to express gratitude for the affection and financial assistance that the saints in Philippi had extended to him during his second missionary journey and his imprisonment in Rome. Philippians is often called a prison epistle, along with Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon, or Philemon, depending on who you are. Despite being written from prison, Paul's letters to the Philippians have been described by scholars as the happiest of his writings. Paul expressed gratitude, love, and confidence to the church members, describing sacrifices he had made to follow Jesus Christ, and instructed the Philippian saints in principles of righteous living. So yeah, there's a bit of an introduction to this, this book. Okay, so for those of you following along, we're going to start with Philippians 1, and uh, if you can flip your Bibles to Philippians, um, so I'm going to read verse 1 until 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus." And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And that was the New International Version. Hmm. So I was just thinking about how it says servants of Christ Jesus, which I think is similar to the language that Paul used in the book of Ephesians, which came before Philippians mm. in the Bible. Um, mm -hmm. Not sure what was written first or how that all goes, but uh, just how he says servants. It makes me think about how he said slaves of Christ. Like it's kind of a similar idea, I thought. In verse three, where he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. It's just, I think it's important to highlight that every time like it's not just sometimes we think something's like every time he remembers them he's like i thank god for these people and it's just i think that's really powerful he's, he's definitely showing an immense amount of gratitude and yeah. uh maybe that's something that we could all do yes or like all try wrote, to practice show more gratitude sorry mm -hmm. go ahead yeah like i wrote in my notes do we give thanks for our church community what do we thank god for and what should we be more thankful for like how do we also have that thankfulness in our own lives. And then he, right after that, he says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. 
that's yeah it does really stand out and I have more notes on that a little bit later but it's interesting just how much it stands out that he's pouring such like love and and uh, fondness I guess into this message mm-hmm. I wonder why it is that this one is different from the others any ideas well if they were supporting him financially and all that then maybe it could be related to that mm. and how they're actually investing into the kingdom in those ways yeah maybe I'm sure that has something to do with it next it says being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on unto completion until the day of Christ Jesus Ooh, so here so powerful <laughs> yeah here's where my notes start and they basically go on till the end of this chapter but on here all I wrote was <laughs> It was more of a question because, like, I don't understand what he means by this. I, I guess I have a bit of an idea. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Um, so God starts the work, right? So he's the foundation. And because we accept him, he's then able to continue doing that work with us because we actually want to be used by him in those ways so then he's able to carry it out through us and the day mm-hmm. of jesus christ i think means like when he comes back after armageddon and all those things i see yeah uh, I mean, justin like he is capitalized so obviously it's talking about god he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of jesus christ mm-hmm. so yeah i'm assuming that's meaning that christ will continue to work in you until the end of times Mm-hmm. and hmm. the spirit will always be in you yes yeah okay yeah i guess that makes sense um moving on it says it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since i have you in my heart and whether i'm in chains or chains or defending and confirming the gospel all of you share in god's grace with me god can testify how i long for all of you with the affection of jesus christ so he's affirming that all of them share in the salvation that the disciples have fought for and it's interesting just how much we see here and other places that Paul was experiencing fondness and appreciation and just such immense love for his people. Even that though, choose of, sorry, just, go ahead. I was just going to say, even though he's in chains, even though he's in prison right now, all he can think about is thanking God and having joy of the grace that, that Christ gave him. That's being, really humble. <laughs> Yeah, he's being persecuted so severely and all we can experience is gratitude. Or probably not all we can experience, but that's certainly one of the things that stand out the most. And I can't help but wonder if we as disciples should just show more appreciation and love towards our fellow disciples. I mean, that's what he's doing here. And we take them for granted. And I can't help but wonder if it would just strengthen our bond and bring us closer if we acknowledge the love that we have for one another for being there and for encouraging and for holding us accountable because like we're social creatures and without our fellow Christians, it would be a million times harder to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that joy comes from the Holy Spirit. Like if you didn't have God with you, like why would you be joyful when you're in chains? Like well, I feel like you need the Holy Spirit to have any sort of joy during that time. This is something that I, I really only think Christ can give people because the attitude that Paul has uh, in these times is something like I've never really seen in, in, in anything else other than this biblical figure of Paul. Like, so in like second Corinthians, uh, Paul says, 
Therefore I take pleasure in affirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So though he's going through these trials and tribulations, Mm -hmm. his mindset is never for pity or to think about himself. His mindset is always uh, the gospel and it's Christ. And it's that he'll find a way through because he has Christ in his heart. And Mm -hmm. he'll just give glory to God and praise to God, even though it doesn't make sense to at the time. Uh, because a lot of people will look at that situation he's in and be like, well, what is there to praise God about? But he still somehow finds the ability within himself to give Christ the glory, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't make sense to. And I think that if he can find a way to do that and show such immense gratitude in his time of immense suffering, maybe we should be able to find a way to show gratitude and give God the glory, even in spite of all the tiny little first world problems that we experience. Mm-hmm. And we tend to fail in that regard. Yeah, I um, agree with that. Um, verse 9 says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and the praise of God. So, I think he's acknowledging that love means more than just simple emotion, but it's just, it's rather just showing, well, action. If you truly love God and you love, and your love for him gets deeper over time, then it will be indicated by your fruit. Mm-hmm. Your understanding will deepen and so will your discernment of what's right and wrong. And you don't have to be like Mike Winger and have vast textbook knowledge or be able to articulate things perfectly or whatever. That's not what I mean. I don't think that's what he means. But you can have an understanding of something not perfectly articulated, although it would certainly help you to teach others and defend your faith, I suppose. But yeah, like love has, like, if say you say you truly like love someone and it doesn't show in your fruit, then you probably don't actually love them. And so if you really, really love God and your love is getting stronger for him over time, it's going to show. Yeah, and the part where it says... Um your love may abound still more and in knowledge and all discernment that you may approve of the things that are excellent. I think that's talking about just becoming wise over time and gaining more knowledge uh, Mm -hmm. from the scriptures. Yeah, and if you really do love God and you're really striving to become better, that's what will happen. You will get wiser over time and you will learn. And it's the people that don't learn and stagnate and don't become wiser over time that you can tell about they're not... I guess really trying? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how he mentions the day of Christ again in verse 10. So discerning what is best for, to be blameless for the day of Christ, like to be like Christians, I guess, <laughs> and then not go to hell when the, mm-hmm. world, the world ends, right? So you need to have knowledge in order to do that and to love others and follow God. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Yeah. All right, I guess we can move to verse 12. Well, 11. Sure. Um, oh. So I like how it says fruit of righteousness because um, it reminds me of like how we talked before about the fruit, fruits of the spirit. I'm not sure if righteousness was one of them, was it? I don't know. But it for sure reminds me about in the armor of God how righteousness is a breastplate 
and like how we have to put on righteousness. So like when we put on that righteousness, we also produce the fruits of righteousness that God gives to us in our relationship with him. Anything else on uh, 11, William? Sometimes it really is uh, when people say you want to, you know, do what's right. Like we don't necessarily have to dissect and figure out every single thing that makes up righteousness. It could it could just be referring to righteousness, and that could be in itself enough. Filled with the fruits of righteousness, and that could be all we're trying to say is mm. that um, you're being filled with righteousness, doing the right things, according be to right Christ. with God, yeah. and yeah, that could literally be all they're trying to say. Yeah. What does all that entail? It may not be trying to get at that at this moment. Okay. Fair enough. Verse 12. Uh, you want to take it from here, Justin? Sure. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having been confident by my, become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Ooh, that's good stuff. Mm. So beginning at 12, it says, I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So it's hard to see, right? Because once again, like not to go back to what we were saying before, but he was a prisoner and he was in chains, right? That he's, he's under, I believe, Caesar's control right now as a prisoner. But this kind of shows that even what the enemy means for evil it turns out for it can turn out for his good. Mm-hmm. So even though he is being persecuted, he's still giving glory to Christ and he's still showing everyone that you know what? Maybe I'm a prisoner like physically a prisoner even though I'm under Caesar's control. I'm actually a prisoner to Christ. So the chains yeah. that are on me in real life don't mean anything cuz it says that my chains are in Christ. Mm. It so reminds I think that's me pretty of con- that's pretty cool. <laughs> It reminds me of the story of Joseph, how he was like in prison, but God still used him to touch people's lives. Like, oh, interpreting dreams of these guys. And then the king too. Mm-hmm. Like he, God worked through him anyway. Hmm. Yeah. I was going to say something like that too. Like that he's using it. God is using this situation, this dire situation to advance the kingdom. So it says people preach without fear and the gospel is advanced because he is imprisoned. And every prison guard knows. So that must have meant that he was quite popular. He must have not been your normal prisoner. If every prisoner guard knows and everyone knows, there might have been tantamount. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe this has been, that was tantamount to like seeing someone like a popular preacher or whatever today, if he were to get arrested for his faith. Um, And it's interesting how he says here that the very idea that he got Jared will stir up people to speak the gospel even more. Mm-hmm. like maybe kind of a rebellion perhaps this makes him like even more right like if there are a dozen street preachers and he gets he's the only one that gets jailed because he is gaining popularity then that maybe makes him look like maybe that makes it look like that they are trying to keep something quiet like there's something they don't want people to hear I, that's what that's where i'm thinking right so paul is the one who's establishing the church in philippi he established it in uh Ephesus. so he's He's a kind of a, not, not an icon, but yeah. So he's, mm-hmm. he's a bigger figure here. So people are looking towards this guy. They, 
they've a lot of the people have seen Christ in in real life, and if they hadn't seen Christ, uh, Paul had, and he's talking about his experiences, and they see the good, they see the love and the grace and the forgiveness that his message is offering, and what do they do? They throw him in jail, like. I think the people saw that as like this is a confirmation that may that that there might be some truth behind this because wh- what are what do they have to fear? Why are they throwing him in prison? He didn't actually commit a crime. Almost so what, if, what is it that they're trying to hide? Yeah, it's almost as if there's something that the higher ups were actually worried about, and like the people wouldn't just dismiss what he's saying as silly. It's like we actually need to lock this guy up to keep it. Yep. To keep it from getting out or becoming bigger. And, and you look at what more. happened to all the other apostles too. Like there's clearly, yeah, they clearly see the word and the truth as dangerous. And I think we mentioned before, but even though he's in change in this bad situation, he's looking at it from the perspective, from the entire perspective of this being, of this advancing the kingdom of God. So man, that's tough. Like if you're in that situation or whatever, you might be like, well, this sucks. Like this really didn't turn out or this is pretty bad or whatever. But this guy is like, oh, this is good. This is advancing the kingdom of God even further. Huh, strategy. Like mm-hmm. he's looking at it from a, yeah, anyways, I don't and know. And it's, it's interesting that he says that they now feel more bold to speak the word without fear. Mm-hmm. So they're not even scared anymore. <laughs> like Because I guess they feel empowered by the fact that he was willing to do that. They f- now feel, yeah. what's the word for it, inspired? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just by Paul and his testimony. He hyped like, them He up. doesn't give up. He continues to proclaim the gospel even when he's in prison, and that's just inspiring mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. So we have to be pretty careful, I guess, that we don't fall into the trap of trying to serve God for sinful reasons. I don't say serving God as sinful reasons because then you're not serving him at all. I, I feel like you're probably more serving yourself. Um, and we've all seen what happens when people preach and serve God to reasons other than trying to advance the gospel. Although, Maybe okay, for their sorry. own recognition? Yeah, sorry, I should rephrase that. That's not true because even later on in the text, it does confirm or it does say that the people that are serving it for their own reasons, and we'll get to that in a second, are still serving God, like, or God is, or rather, God is still using these people to yeah. serve Him, even though they're doing it for their own purposes. And I so, suppose in the end, God will sort them out. So it's not that these people were false teachers; they were, they were preaching the truth, they were preaching the gospel, um, but they were doing it out of envy and strife. So it sounds like they're just kind of concerned about their own uh, selfish idea. Mm-hmm. Of what of what they wanted out of it, they weren't doing it for the right purposes. Right, they're probably thinking this is the truth; it's gaining popularity. I'll speak the truth, and then people will love me for it, or something like mm-hmm. that. On sixteen, it says, "The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here in the, for the defense of the gospel." And then seventeen, it goes back to um, the people doing it for wrong reasons, and says, "The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains." So they're also doing it to cause trouble? Well, the former is the envy and rivalry one. Right. Oh, I see. He's talking about like people that are preaching when he, uh, when he says envy and rivalry. to Envy and rivalry to him. Like they're trying to rival him. I see. Mm-hmm. I think it's the like a popularity contest. Like they want to be as famous as Paul. So they're trying to rival him and be like, yeah, 
we're gonna stir up trouble for him so that we can get like yeah I think we can be the head hard, right so. so like we can be I, the top to say I, I guess the fact that Paul is is preaching the word to all these people in Philippi and all these other areas that eyes are on him and there's attention onto him although Paul doesn't see it as that Paul's just seeing it as I'm just preaching what Christ what I saw in Christ and and people are following that and I guess other people might do that inst- but not for the reasons of I, I'm, I'm telling everyone the word because I believe this to be true um, and I just want to spread the gospel and bring as many people to Christ as I can some people might be doing it as in well if I do this then whoa like look at all the eyes that are on me now and maybe someone will let me uh, sleep at the hotel for free or something like that I don't know or maybe they'll give me a free meal or two like their I, their actual reasoning might be for their own selfish reasons as opposed to uh, doing it just because you believe the gospel is true. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they even thought that they'd be higher up in heaven than Paul if they were more outspoken. Yeah, yeah. So in any, I think it all just comes down to that there are some people that were preaching it for selfish reasons is what he was trying to get at. Mm-hmm. For sure. Totally. And then it says... Um, I guess we're at 18. Yes. Yep. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice. Yes. And will rejoice. Um, yeah. And so I guess he's saying that God, like we, to reiterate, God can use bad people to serve him. I don't think he's referring to the people that preach prosperity gospel and to all the false prophets. It's true that... Um, the well-known false preachers today could preach a good sermon or teach a good listen that could uh, lead people to Christ or to help them if you know they're hearing a good lesson or whatever. But those people are frowned upon in the Bible and Jesus has not talked fondly of them and neither the disciples. So um, I think he's talking about people that preach the truth for the wrong reasons and he is not concerned that they, and he is not concerned that they are preaching it for the wrong reasons. Just like you said, I, I feel like he's just saying that people are preaching the truth about, as long as they are preaching the truth, then in the end, let God sort out their true intentions and whether or not they belong in heaven. But either way, we're serving the kingdom of God or, or advancing the gospel, regardless of the reasons for doing it. And um, I mean, I guess their families, maybe, um, if they realize, like the people that are close to him, if they realize they're doing it for the wrong intentions and it's mm-hmm. their responsibility to hold him accountable as a brother in Christ, but yeah. uh, that gets into an entirely another conversation. That's not, I but don't think, what the scripture is getting at. I think at the end of 18 here, it's, it's showing that he, where he's getting his joy, where he's getting his happiness is from the fact that Christ is being preached, right? Like, once again, his circumstances, he shouldn't be rejoicing. But he says, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice. That's where his ultimate joy is coming from the fact that Christ is being preached to people. So right. once again, I think that's uh, that's very inspiring. Mm-hmm. The fact that Paul would be saying this, even though he's in prison, um, he's seeing that people are listening to the word and they're, they're converting to Christianity and he's seeing lives being changed and that's where he's getting joy from. And I think that's where we should also get our joy from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even though, I guess he's also saying that even though they might be doing this to try to rival him or stir up trouble for him. Um, it doesn't bother him because, like he said, the important thing is that the gospel is being spread and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and the way he repeats, and because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, what? Really? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. It's like he has to repeat it because it's like the first time he says it's kind of like, huh? And then he's like, he does it again. You're like, okay, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Any other words on this opening section of Philippians? No, No, I guess that's all we have time for today. So we'll have to talk more about this next week. Awesome. Yeah, I look forward to it. Me too. Justin, did you want to end this podcast with some prayer? Sure. Sounds good. Thank you, God, for allowing us to have this podcast again. Um, Thank you for your word and your truth that you're allowing us to see now uh, as we dive into Philippians. God, I pray for everyone out there that they all have great weeks. And I pray that we don't just listen to this, God, and we don't just uh, remember this today, but we actually try to apply this uh, to our lives. And thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, well, but yeah, so like I said, I think that's all we got time for today. Thanks very much, Justin, for ending this in prayer. I wasn't really sure about doing Philippians for our next book of the Bible. At first, I was thinking that maybe a couple others might be best, but after reading some summaries of Philippians and looking into it more, there's actually quite a bit of good content here that, so I'm really looking forward into getting into some of these chapters in the following weeks. This should be really interesting. So yeah, you guys can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. We have a website, cypressquest.net, where Emily posts her blog every Wednesday. We have our contact form that will be sent to our email too if you would like to reach out to us. You can also reach out to us on our Twitter and our Facebook. We have a Patreon page. And speaking of which, shout out to our two Patreon supporters, Brandon and Darlene. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your support. It helps us out a lot. And thank you very much for listening. Once again, have a wonderful week. Bye, guys. See ya. Bye.